and brightest day and blackest night. All other podcasts tremble in fright. Losers cower before the power. Oranges lust and blues you can trust. Indigos feel and white ones heal. Yellow scare and green ones dare. That sapphire love and black hands glove will rock your foundation without hesitation. Chad and Mars face evil's minds. Respect their power for they'll make you see the light. Hi, everybody. I'm Chad Bokelman. I'm Dan Kurtzke. And I'm Mark Marble. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 466. Woohoo! That's right. So, uh, what, spotlight episode, I guess? Spotlight on the future Green Lanterns, right? Is that what we're going to call this? Future Lanterns, wasn't it? Wasn't it originally yeah, not fu- supposed to be future. just Green Lanterns? Yeah, sp- spotlight on future Lanterns. That's right. Uh, before we get into it, I wanted to briefly mention this because it showed up in my feeds and i don't know if the ad started today or or just this past week or whatever world's finest guys if you guys are getting subscription boxes world's finest uh does subscription boxes with various crap in it and t-shirts and all this stuff they had a green lantern box a while back um they're doing a blackest night themed box and the ads are up that it's available for pre-order right now. These things usually entail like a little doodad, an action figure, or a, uh, a statuette of some kind, uh, usually plastic um, or whatever, um, a T-shirt or a piece of clothing of some kind, and some stickers or notepads. or th- go, go look up World's Finest. I don't need to explain it to you guys. Um, but that is their spring box. I, I guess they're doing it by seasons. It's Blackest Night. Up to you guys if you want to get it, but I'm bringing it up because the last time World's Finest did the Green Lantern box, it was a pile of shit. So, you know, hey, they're not giving us a box to review to say otherwise or anything like that. So I'm I'm not going to withhold any opinions or anything like that. So the Green Lantern box I got last time, I asked for a 3XL. I got a medium and never got a replacement. They never offered. They they said they, they ran out of them, even though they sold a bunch of them on sale later after the fact. So the paint was chipping off of several items. The, the, uh, uh, the quality of some of the items was pretty poor. I think even people who were getting the world's finest boxes at the time said that the quality and items in that particular green lantern box were not up to par with things that they had seen from world's finest in the past. And apparently world's finest listened to that feedback and said that they would strive to do better. If you guys are looking to gamble, if you guys are looking to get your hands on some unique Lantern merchandise, I can promise at least one item in here is probably not going to be available really anywhere else except for probably through this box. So it's up to you guys if you out there are interested in getting this because it's I only mention it because it's very rare that we even get something uh, Green Lantern merchandise wise, let alone something more unique or exclusive. So if you guys are interested, go for it. Uh, I don't know, Dan, Mark, what your own com- comments or thoughts are on World's Finest boxes are, um, but 
you can go to their website, worldsfinestcollection.com, and it's available for 50 bucks pre-ordered uh, if you do the quarterly plan, or you can sign up for an annual plan. But flip of the coin, whether it's going to be worth your time or time and or money or not, we'll see. Yeah, I think I got the last one. Is that the one that came with like a like a power battery stress ball and a, like that kind of stuff? No, uh, I think you're talking about the Funko box. Oh, maybe. Yeah, um, I know. I got so, I got something that had like a pretty nice T-shirt that I'm I still use and a bunch of little tchotchke stuff. But like, no, yeah, I remember. I had the, is, I, I had the one I think you had, but but the, but the Green Lantern, yeah, this the stress the stress ball like the power the power battery the central power battery. No, the one I'm referring to is the one that had the Green Lantern bottle opener. It had the Green Lantern USB power battery port. Oh yeah, and the statue, right? And it had the statue. Yeah, it had a little statue. It had a, a Green Lantern because I actually like baseball tees, which is for those. I, I think they're called Raglans, actually, maybe where like the sleeve and the collar is a different color than the rest of the shirt. But uh, it was a really cool design. But they gave me several sizes way too small, so I've just got this incredible Green Lantern shirt sitting in my closet that i can never wear even even if i were to completely pay off with diet and exercise i'm never going to fit into a medium guys <laughs> so uh you know well, have a help if it helps i always associate you with medium thank you just across the board the level <laughs> of quality you do and <laughs> all righty then Always nice when people stretch to make fun of me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But again, I I brought it up because maybe World's Finest took the feedback into consideration. Maybe this will be good. Maybe it won't. But it's like I said, it's rare we get Green Lantern merchandise, let alone exclusive Lantern merchandise. So it's only worth mentioning in that regard. You guys out there make the decision for yourselves. But I'd recommend going over uh, to YouTube and looking up some unboxing and review videos for the previous Green Lantern World's Finest Collection box, um, because there are a couple out there, including one from uh, Myron over at uh, Blog of Oa. So uh, roll, the, roll the dice, people. Yeah. I'm not, but feel free. <laughs> yeah, roll, roll the $50 dice. Uh, oh, they're 50 bucks? God, never. No, never mind. Yeah, because uh, they, they haven't said really what's in the box yet, right? No, they slowly leak it the closer it gets time to actually shipping the box. But but the uh, Atrocitus statue or whatever, whatever it is, looks pretty obvious based on the shadow, right? Based on what we've seen. Based, Yeah, basically. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. So we're going to do a spotlight episode on future lanterns uh i want to quickly clarify what that means because we uh, though the show has been on the air for 13 plus years maybe some of us still remember the good old days when the show was inspired by cgs and also uh, listeners out there maybe you also listen to cgs this is not a cgs spotlight episode where we do the level of research that like adam murdo and them do uh so this is a spotlight as in just That's the focus of this episode, really. We're going to talk a little bit about each of these characters, go into a little bit of their history, but we're not going to deep dive. We're not intimately familiar with every aspect of it, but we're going to try and do our best to hit the highlights and and, and the the important points of each of these characters. 
Uh, all ending on, guys, surprise, surprise, why we're talking about this, the Gold Lantern that is now in the DCU and becoming a big deal in the pages of the Justice League and Legion versus Legion of Superheroes crossover, uh, which issue one just recently hit and two is coming very soon. So Yes, two actually just got delayed, I saw earlier. Surprise, I think it's coming surprise. out. Yeah, I think it's coming out the end of February now. Yeah, I think it was scheduled to hit originally around Valentine's Day. If yeah, I, remember I, can right. tell, I can tell you right now, it is moved to February 22nd, which means our comprehensive coverage will be totally invalidated when that issue ends and like 35 new gold lanterns show up. <laughs> For sure, for sure. Uh, but yeah, we figured we'd jump into this. Uh, lots of this takes place in the future, so Mark doesn't care. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if it's attached to the Legion. <laughs> I was going to say, we needed to be clear. I mean, obviously, the, the topic is future Lantern, so technically all of it takes place in the future. <laughs> but the point, is, the point is, yes, a lot of this revolves around around the Legion, which means unless the stuff that where the Legion isn't heavy in those stories is interesting yes it's kind of like wake me up but it's like the, it's like the uh the legion of three worlds stuff it's like when the legion's not on the pages and it's just superboy prime or sodom yet okay I'm, I'm i'm game when it's all legion i'll just skip ahead until it's something i care about that is a worst case scenario for you because that story specifically literally has three times as much legion <laughs> as true. every other legion story <laughs> that's true but at least it did have it ha- did have enough green lantern threads and it did have enough and even though i don't like superboy prime being written as a like he's like he's <laughs> yeah. like he's still talking like he's 12 when he's like 40 but i still i superboy prime is dangerous enough as a, as a villain that i find interesting in most most so i that story was not well i mean we'll obviously get into the details but just answer me did you actually read all of legion of three worlds or just the highlights for no Jesus? i read all i read all of them holy shit okay we'll get to that <laughs> all right you i had at least two of the I issues i think i had at least two of the issues anyway and and i like dan and i were talking about last week i'm pretty sure i had issue five because i remembered a bunch of stuff i was i'm pretty sure i remembered the to the very end of the book, unless I saw that like a newsarama or something, it's stuck in my mind. But I, but I know, but I know I had the issue when Sodom Yat gets back into action. I know I had that issue because I wanted it pulled. They just didn't. They just didn't do a good job of pulling it. So I only got a couple of other issues. One of these, one of those issues, just trap had a Green Lantern variant cover on it. So you probably got that one. But when we get into it, I could probably tell you just by what the, the <clears throat> contents of the issues, which one that, which ones I had. But I, I didn't. I did not have all that many of them. When I went back and skipped, I could tell at least, was it five? Was it five issues? Five issues? I think there were at least two for sure that I know I didn't have because I didn't remember any of the any of the specifics going on in the, in the issue. Sorry, sure. Chad. No, we're good. We're good. So I think we're going to jump first into uh, those future Green Lanterns that were in the animated DC universe. Uh, any anything that takes place outside of the normal comics. Now, obviously, there were comics about these characters, but it still takes place in that animated universe, and thus separate from any of the other lanterns we'll probably be talking about tonight. Because part of the discussion about some of these future lanterns that we could theoretically get into as we go later into some of the ones that are actually appeared in, in the comic universe would be 
is it still valid? Is it still a potential future? How would it fit in? How can we how could we theoretically connect the dots? Because some of these lanterns take place at different points in the future. Um, so that could be an argument we can get into later on with those comic ones. But let's just talk about the animated ones first. Do you want to talk about uh, Kai or would, do we want to talk about Jordana? Where do we want to start, Dan? I mean, we can start with Jordana since she's, I mean, she's the quickest to cover out of the two. For sure. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, that's uh, that's that would be the, I think the only issue, right? Would be Legion of Superheroes in the 31st century number six. Yeah, this is Jordana Gardner, who, you know, they don't they don't explicitly name names very much. Well, I mean, other than her name last name being Gardner, but she, she is a young teenage redhead who is in the, the Green Lantern Corps in the 30th or 31st century, I guess, and she talks about how. Her her great great whatever is like on both sides were in the Green Lantern Corps, so you get like the 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 implication of like her first name and her last name there, meaning that at some point somebody in Hal's family had like married somebody in Guy's family, and a hundred years, thousand years later, we get a uh, Jordana here. Yeah, uh, basically, guys, the story in this one is your. I mean, this is this is based in the Legion of Superheroes, the TV show universe, um, which what that only got maybe one season, if I remember right. I'm pretty sure. I think they just put it out as like a Blu-ray set. Yeah, uh, I know they I know either. they remastered it because they it was Batman the animated series and then Batman Beyond, then they did Legion, and I think Superman the animated series has just gotten remastered the most recently. Yeah, and um, I'm pretty sure the lead, like, I didn't watch, I think I watched one or two episodes of that show when it was on, but I don't think Green Lanterns ever came up in it, to my knowledge. So this no. is injecting something entirely new into that universe through this comic. Which is interesting because they do refer to her on the cover as Teen Lantern, folks. So uh, if anybody ever thought <laughs> for some reason the Teen Lantern already existed, technically they're right. It is this one. Um, and actually, there's another one uh, if you count uh, what, Wally at some point. Yeah, in that. Uh, well, that's that uh, Brave and the Bold yeah miniseries that that that's the one that brought back the golden age star sapphire actually so <laughs> yeah, it's kind of kind of sort of in continuity but not really i guess it's more of like a suggestion or a reminder kind of thing for future yeah. writers so essentially the the whole idea is uh the green lantern corps is headed to uh, a given planet and it says like you were in the way or something like all, all the all the Green Lantern Corps sing the same thing. You were in the way, you're in the way, whatever. Uh, and then is it it's Dream Girl or, or somebody who, um, you know, basically pulls the veil and it's like the entire Green Lantern Corps has been affected with Staros. They're on the faces of all the Green Lantern Corps. And because, you know, they're connected to the lanterns wearing the rings, they're using the rings to cover like shield themselves uh so basically all the lanterns attacking them just look like regular lanterns they can't see the stars on their faces uh the starrows on their face until dream girl or 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 why am i forgetting the freaking psychic one saturn girl yes <laughs> why am i forgetting one of the main le- three legionnaires <laughs> uh, or saturn girl uh reveals to the rest of the legion that they are uh and yeah she's just she's just a she's literally a kid at some point cause uh cosmic boy says hey it's like good to see you again or 
something like that. Having the offer still stands for you to join us, like that sort of a thing. But to my knowledge, she's never appeared in any of the other issues of this series, and she definitely didn't show up in any of the TV series. So this is the one and only time you see Jordana Gardner. And it's very actually, other than outside of digitally, it's actually very hard to get your hands on this issue. Well, slightly hard. Uh, first of all, this is, you know, what, this is what, uh, early, mid-2000s? No, yeah, mid-2000s. Uh, and it's a book based on uh, an animated kids' TV show. So historically, at that time, at the very least, these things didn't have very big print runs. Yeah. And this is the only appearance of her. And if you go to eBay right now looking for this issue, you're not going to walk away paying less than at least $30 for the issue, if not more, which yeah, I'm is surprised, interesting. I'm surprised nobody's tried to fold her in or at least put her into group shots or something of the Green, of the Green Lantern Corps in the main continuity comics. If only just because like, oh, you know, we go, we tra- as we're going to find out today, we travel to the future a lot. So there's ample opportunity to bring in like this legacy character, especially if you can tie her to Hal and Guy and their legacy. And plus she has like a fun design too. Like the costume's cool. She's got like a big poofy haircut. And it, it just seems like this character should come back. Yeah, for sure. And I think I, I would definitely welcome her, her back. The, my only problem is, and I wasn't going to do this much research, but <laughs> I was thinking, I could have sworn I remembered at this at some point the Green Lantern Corps being mentioned in the Legion animated series and you know it being along the lines of what we've always been told in Legion comics that at some point the Green Lantern Corps goes extinct we don't know why there are no more lanterns. I'm pretty sure that I thought they said that at some point in the animated series which makes the set, the fact that the entire core exists here suspect to me. But again, I, there's so much Legion crap in different iterations over the decades that I could just be mixing my Legion tents up here. <laughs> yes. Well, it's, it's funny. Cause like there's the, pulling back the curtain a little bit. We've been working, we've been playing this episode for months and we're continuing to find more future lantern stuff this afternoon. So like, like I, <laughs> I found a thi- I found a thing about a character today. Like when you were messaging me to ask about uh, Future's End and when that happened, I was in the middle of researching a, a character I hadn't thought of before that actually showed me something that reframes my entire like timeline of the the Lantern's existence in the Legion's future. <laughs> And stay tuned, dear listeners, for that later on in the episode. <laughs> yes. There we go. Teasing so people stay interested. Well, it's going to be a long episode, so sh- we should have teasers at the beginning for things in the middle. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> good, good luck with those teasers working, Chad. <laughs> good luck. <laughs> uh, but speaking of the animated universe in the future, there was another, uh, another Green Lantern uh, that appeared on the uh uh, animated TV show for the Batman Beyond universe. Yep, Cairo. Who yeah. he's a character that we actually don't know as much about as I expected. I, I guess the reason is because he was created to be part of an ensemble cast that was only going to show up in like one episode of someone else's TV show. But I mean, again, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. Like he was the Green Lantern created for the Batman Beyond future. So we're like one generation 
ahead, you know, where Bruce it's is far enough ahead in time that Bruce Wayne is still alive. He's an old man. And this is this era's Justice League. You know, you've got an aged Superman. You've got the the son of John, of presumably John Stewart and Hawk Girl. Big Bard is there. I forget who else is on the team. <laughs> and then you've got Cairo, a Green Lantern, who is pretty outwardly a kind of like a like a monk kind of person. Like he's he's constantly like calm and he's always like flying or flying around in like a legs crossed meditative position. Uh, when they started to fill in his backstory he, little by little through the God, there's been so many Batman Beyond spinoff comics. We find out that he was raised in a monastery. It is implied that he has connections to the magic city of Nanda Parbat, who where which is like um I think it's Dead Man has like a huge connection to that. Like that's where like yes. the god that that uh Ramakushna. That, uh, yeah, Ramakushna, the god that um lets Boston you know operate as a ghost lives for lack of a better word. There's also a thing. There's like a weird thing about his origin story where he may or may not be the reincarnation of the Dalai Lama, but I don't think we're ever going to see that touched again. So, you know, you know, no, he's, he's oh, really, yeah, he's definitely a really interesting character because you're right. We don't ever actually get any focus on him or his backstory or anything. He's just sort of there because first of all, during the Batman uh, beyond animated series, we we didn't get much of the Beyond Justice League. I think maybe twice, and each time it was about Superman or the League as a whole or something like that. We never really focused in on Cairo, so he was always just this little Tibetan monk sitting cross-legged, floating through the air, uh, always talking about peace and everything. But it, I mean, just inherently speaking, that's an interesting concept. A Green Lantern, who you know. It, it, it's not like they're all violent or anything, so it shouldn't be surprising that he preaches peace, but he's got the most powerful weapon in the universe on his finger, yet he always is trying to go f- to get people to calm down, to go for a peaceful resolution, stuff like that all the time. Well, it's a great idea. Like, what what happens to a Green Lantern who gets put into chaotic situations when you take violence off the table as an option? Like, mm-hmm it stresses the inherent creativity and imaginative nature of what it takes to be a, a good green lantern. And like, I would love to see like, just, just give me like a single one shot with this guy, which I don't know. I, I kind of, lo- it's, it's a double-edged sword of, of team books and team settings where it, intro- it gets to introduce characters that probably wouldn't get the spotlight otherwise, but it also prevents them from getting enough spotlight for themselves. Cause I think we saw, we saw Cairo and his league show up in Batman Beyond for, I think, two stories. And then I think, I want to say he showed up in animation somewhere else, but I, I might be wrong. Maybe, because maybe I know League Unlimited or something. It could be, because they did go to the future at one point. But then I remember, I think it was the, it was either the Return of the Joker movie or it was, no, it was the Justice League Unlimited's two-parter where Batman and John Stewart are in the future and they meet the older Static Shock and all that. Yep. Where yep. um the uh the Joker gang shows up and the uh was the twin girls like D and Dee Dee, they mention they like they see John and they're they like, they oh we them. Yeah, we yeah. killed the last Green Lantern we saw. Yep. So like we know he died and who killed him, but we 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 haven't filled in most of the rest of his history. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, I, we, 
Hell, it could be the next. What's that? The Green Lantern Legacy, Ty Fam. Yeah, like we we could we the 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 third one could be you know he accidentally gets teleported into the future or something and gets trained or mentored by by uh, Cairo. That would be great. And you know what? There's like I said, like there have been a surprisingly large number of miniseries and ongoing series that have used Batman Beyond and the Justice League Beyond as the book calls them. So maybe there is something I missed that does focus on Cairo a little bit more. And if anybody is listening to this and knows, please tell us. <laughs> yes, for sure. Uh, I found one other interesting tidbit. I'm not sure if you saw this. Do you know what the name is a, is a callback to? I honestly, I thought they were just playing off of like the, the place like Cairo, like Egypt or something. So I, I don't, I, I know I went I know I went back and watched these at one point just to to watch them, but I didn't like grow up with them on TV. Cairo was the name of Hal Jordan's young alien sidekick in the 1960s filmation Green Lantern shorts. Oh, got the blue guy. Yes, the character oh, is a stand-in for Hal Jordan's friend Tom Kalmaku in the comics. So yes, Cairo was that little blue guy that was always riding on Hal's back in the little shorts. Jeez. God, that's, that's an incredible poll. I love that. Mark, Dan, I, you you guys saw more filmation stuff than I did. Do you remember? Yeah, no, I remember. I remember that. I remember yeah. that character. I couldn't tell you anything about him except that he's the blue guy that rode Hal like a horse. <laughs> well, I don't remember that, but that's probably a good thing. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. It's it. I don't remember much about that either. Actually. I have to. I'm just gonna selected amnesia, maybe, but I'm glad yeah, I'm for just, it right now. I'm just gonna do this. There you go. There you go, Mark. <laughs> Give him a picture. Give him a picture. Yeah. Oh, son of a bitch. Uh, just Chad just, is trying to old just, man his just, way through the internet. Yeah. No, no, no. Just, just Google Cairo Green Lantern and K I K A I R O Green Lantern, and it's like the freaking seventh pitcher sixth or seventh pitcher <laughs> results will results may vary if you google riding hal jordan <laughs> i mean there any any of the images where he's on kairos on hal's back are funny but there's one that where where hal's flying to the immediate right with a blue background oh god just flat it just looks so, so basically this was the precursor to the ambiguously gay duo is what you're saying <laughs> Oh, it just oh, looks poor, so ridiculous. Poor Hal. Uh, but yes, I would be totally down to see more Cairo in the future. I, he's one that we just, we never learned anything about. We we got the fact that he was peaceful, maybe a Tibetan monk, uh, something like that, or just from from that, that uh, you know, ideology or whatever. And that's it. Like, we got more about, obviously, the, the Metal Hawkman guy. Obviously, we know more about Barda. I think the other Justice League member, Justice League Beyond member you're referring to is uh, Aqua Woman or Girl. I, I forget yes. what you called her. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, and I think they had an Adam, too. Some kind of Adam guy. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we just, he was just sort of there because it was, it was almost like you just had a, you know, like, the you know the, the viewer at home, basic, they know who Green Lantern is. So it doesn't really matter who he is, what he does, or whatever. It's just that's Green Lantern. Oh, it makes me wonder, since it's just one generation later, whose ring is that? Is that John's? Is that Kyle's? Because both yeah. of them were have been in the uh, DCAU. Yes. 
uh, it seems Hal must have died or gone out early based on my memory of that universe. I think John was around long enough to mentor old static. So maybe John, if John wasn't alive any longer. Yeah. John would probably be that because we never saw Guy. But yeah, so those are the only two. So theoretically, those two could exist in the same universe. And because Batman Beyond is just old man Batman. uh, And then the Legion of Superheroes is in the 31st century. So technically, Jordana Gardner and uh, and Cairo are in the same universe. Maybe, maybe. I think I think that they could very easily do the same thing that the comics did with Legion of Three Worlds, which is to say, like, oh, yeah, all these different futures are just the future of different Earths in the multiverse. So, like, right there, you can have, like, all of your cartoons are canon. Yeah, they always they did play that game with Legion history. It's just, oh, the multiverse. Oh, we've been telling you multiverse stories this entire time with every reboot. We've, we didn't tell you this. Oh, my sorry. favorite thing, my <laughs> favorite thing is they like like I reread like Mark, I reread Legion of Three Worlds and it is astonishing how many how many uh answers slash retcons slash course corrections Johns tries to pack into those issues because he he says like okay, every Legion reboot has not ever been a reboot because every version of the legion is just from a different earth in the multiverse then you might ask well how can how is it that the same present day versions of the heroes can interact with different versions of the future legion and and like somebody like brainiac 5 has a stray line where he just says like oh time travel's complicated sometimes when you travel through time you you accidentally cross through the multiversal barrier. So, you know, that's sometimes you go to the future, but it's not your Earth's future, but whatever. It's These things happen. And it's like, okay, it's like literally John's on his way out the door and is like, all right, I fixed it. Don't mess it up again. Bye. <laughs> oh, God. All right. So I think it's going to do it for our animated lanterns of the future. Uh, if anybody else has more information about Cairo or uh, uh, Jordana Gardner or anything like that, please let us know. Or if you if we forgot something, because I don't know, man, maybe there were, I, I, I love that static TV show, but I couldn't remember if there was an episode where he went to the future, too. I don't think so. I think the only crossover he did was uh, there was well, there was an episode where a bunch of the Justice League came over and and they teamed up with Static to fight Brainiac's ship. And then there was another episode where it was just Jon Stewart and Static fighting Sinestro. Yeah. But I don't think anybody else... I don't think there was any uh, Beyond-era time travel yeah. going on in that I mean, show. were there other like, DC animated series that I don't... What was the one with that... Was it a girl and a robot? Uh, the, the Zeta Project. Yes, the Zeta Project. That's a DC property thing, but yes. I don't remember, I don't remember anything about that show. So. That, that was a spin-off of Batman Beyond, so that was... That could have crossed over with the Justice League, but I sure. don't think it did. Yeah. They probably should have, because it only lasted a season. All right, so now, folks, we're going to go into comics. And we've already talked about it enough. Should we Should we get into the Legion of Three Worlds era? I think all of this just leads us, you know, to that Legion stuff anyways, because let's, let's start with the oldest example, or one of the oldest examples of a future lantern in Sodom Yat, because folks may not know, Sodom Yat is a, is a relatively older character, uh, that was a pull from a long time ago, right? 
yeah, he's uh I mean he started out as a as a prophecy in in an Alan Moore story. It was I think it was the same was it the same group of stories that were where uh he introduced Mogo or is it just cuz I'm pushing well, mean, them together because it's always collected in the same trade. It's always collected together in the same trade. Yeah. So, uh it's the same prophecy as the Blackest Night though. Yes. Yes. But yeah, uh there's a there's a there's a story out there folks that if if you're newer to comics or newer to Green Lantern, uh long-time listeners already know this, long-time fans already know this, but you're looking for a story called Tigers. And that's T Y G E R S. Uh, it's by Alan Moore, one of the few Green Lantern stories that he did, where Abin Sir crashes onto Usmalt and meets the Inversions, uh, or one of the the six Inversions, who gives him uh, three answers or th- three questions that that they'll answer truthfully. And the first is he's there to rescue somebody, uh, a ship crash. So. He goes over there. And then the next thing he asks about is his own future, where he learns that his ring will be given to the next person who will be crowned, you know, like the greatest Green Lantern after his death. And then he asks about the future of the core. And that's where you get this is and this is I'll just I'll just read this up until the Sodom Yat point. It says, after untold millennia, the enemies of the Green Lantern Corps will rise united against them. The core shall be destroyed to the last life form. The planet Oa shall be dust. Amongst the gathered uh, foemen shall be numbered the weaponers of Quard, ranks, and the sentient city, and the unspeakable children of the white lobe. The Empire of Tears, finally released from entombment, shall join the assault. And then Sodom Yat, a Daxamite hailed as the ultimate Green Lantern, will perish battling the lobe spawn. And then it goes into more prophecy about Mogo and stuff like that. But yeah. Back in an Alan Moore story, uh, Sodom Yat was mentioned in one panel. Yeah. Oh yeah. For the longest time, you for the longest time you Google image search Sodom Yat, you get that one shot of him fighting and dying because that's all that ever existed. Yeah, people forget like how much of the like they, they think like you know oh the dead will rise or whatever something like that, but like what what the Blackest Night prophecy actually was. Because they focus on the zombies and, and the big reveals of that stuff, but they forget like the Sodom Yat piece. They introduced this character Sodom Yat. Oh my god! But they introduced it like John's introduced that so so long before we even got to even the hints of Blackest Night stuff. Um, and then you also you also got it in the form of oh man, where was I going with this? I just lost my train of thought. Okay, let's just move on. <laughs> weird seg, weird segue. I don't care. <laughs> I'm not gonna <laughs> spend five, ten minutes of our recording time trying to figure out where I was going with that. <laughs> the prophecy also like kind of gave us the Red Lanterns too, because Atrocitus is one of the inversions. Right. I don't think you can actually look at back at the artwork and find him. I think no. in one panel there's like there's one face that kind of sort of maybe could be a little bit, but like this. It's not really like they they introduce a brand new character to be part of that group, but yeah, this like whether whether he wanted to or not, Alan Moore introduced so like a lot to the Green Lantern's future that would extend like so far beyond it too, because like again, we're gonna get the Legion of Three Worlds soon, and we're still seeing the the uh, the the payoff of that Blackest Night prophecy because we've got. 
Because by then, Sodom Yat looks just like he did in Tigers and is the sole lantern left standing. So it's like, yep. Yeah, that's that's why I brought up this version of him. Normally, we wouldn't need to go into that sort of story uh, in history on uh, on a character like Sodom because of of what we're about to get to in Legion of Three Worlds. But technically here, like Alan is telling a story of the future uh, and we we already realize this future as blackest night but let's be honest based on the way the universe is currently set even still these most of all these things still exist so this this story could still be yet to come and then we see when we get legion of three worlds we see sodom in this costume which is interesting so now we get to something Mark can chime in on. Legion of Three Worlds. I've I've had it read for a it's one of the four. Yeah, one of the four Legion trades I have on my shelf is Legion of Three Worlds. I love that story. So you finally got around to it, man. Tell us, tell us what you thought. Did we not do that five minutes ago? Actually, it's more than five minutes ago now. It just seems like it's five. The story was considering it was based on the Legion, it did not turn me off all that much, generally speaking. I thought there was enough of a flow throughout all five issues that intrigued me. But yes, I, the stuff with the time trapper, the stuff with Superboy prime, as in the young version of Superboy prime being, uh, being the main bad, you know, being the, ma- the main bad guy. And I, I did enjoy the, Oh, Superman trying to, which was, it's kind of idiotic on a basic level, uh, trying to redeem. Oh, we have to redeem super Superboy prime. It's like, and everybody else is like, are you shitting us? <laughs> It's like, we got to kill him. And they're right. In a lot of states, if you could kill him, that's what you would really need to do. Back to that lethal justice concept or debate again. But I did like I did like that. You know, a lot of people had no problem calling Superman on his crap. I was like, you got to be kidding with this. But I did like the Ron Vidar stuff. I did like these, you know, Sodom Yat, even though, again, you don't get the full explanation of why he's in the shape psychologically that he's in, but he's but the fact that he's self-doubting himself so much, he's done a lot of things that he's embarrassed of, ashamed of, feels that it betrays what, you know, what the Green Lantern Corps really was supposed to stand for. But yet he's, but yet at the same time, so that's so that's the reason why he won't let, he won't send any rings out to get new ring bearers. He, but Mogo's gone, but he won't, he just won't trust either his own his own abilities to pick worthy ring bearers or and other. And that's that's most of it. But he's just. He just refuses to send any more rings out. So once Ron, Ron Vidar is gone, there are no more active Green Lanterns anywhere. But yet he's completely protective of the legacy and of Oa until he finally gets talked back into getting into action. And then and then, of course, the history of Superboy Prime and Sotomayat going back to uh, the Sinestro Corps War comes into play. I enjoyed it for what it was. I mean, I think without those elements the Green Lantern elements and even the Superboy Prime throwing, I I'm sure I wouldn't have touched this with a ten foot pole, but I did like it for what it's worth. I did like no, it. No, I mean this is fan. It's one of my favorites. It's 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 a mess in a cluster f of a story, but I mean I really you know just enjoyed it because it was fun to just sort of see like Legion Legion like uh, like Hawkman continuity is one of those that like it's so fucked up that people people who are fans of it just embrace it and are like yeah it's fucked up uh it's uh really hard to understand and really hard to make any sense of but hey that's why we love it (laughs) somebody on twitter who is a huge hawkman fan made an infographic explaining 
the resurrection cycle of every version of Hawkman, Hawkgirl, and Hawkwoman, and it was the greatest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I need to retweet that immediately. But yeah, whenever I think about Legion of Three Worlds, I think back to, um, because I read it as it was coming out, and it was kind of, I still, like, I reread it recently, and I still really enjoyed it, but at the same time, I realized how much it was probably helped by its time, because this was, this We've just been calling it Legion of Three Worlds. Its title is Final Crisis Legion of Three Worlds. This was a more tradi- This was a a crisis esque event book coming out during the weird Mor- uh, Grant Morrison explosion that was Final Crisis. And you can turn over here, and it's like, oh, it's Jeff Johns and George Perez doing a huge event book with a million characters. And there's there's like Green Lantern future stuff happening. Oh my God, this is amazing! This is completely different from everything else going on with the Final Crisis banner on the cover. And I think like that helped to really sell me on it. But at the same time, like coming back to it now, totally divorced from all of that, I'm like, this is still, for the most part, this is a lot of fun. Yeah, Legion of Three Worlds is you mentioning the Final Crisis banner. It's more like a it's more like Sinestro Core War epilogue, you know, or or a a, a tangent uh, like Sinestro Core War ends. You can re- uh, uh, uh you know with issue well, was twenty five, uh so you can read you know next month's issue twenty six to see where the the story continues, or you could also read Legion of Three Worlds. <laughs> you know, it's it felt like this this contained little appendix on the end of Sinestro Core War more than it felt like anything to do with final crisis well it's funny is it feels like it feels like a good epilogue to most of john's like jeff john's big stories because it it picks up where we left off with certain characters from the sinestro core war it pays off things that happened in his teen titans run it follows up on a major death that happened in infinite crisis like if like i know it's not it didn't work out this way but like looking back on it this would have been like a really good like final story of jeff johns for a while before he takes a sabbatical or something from writing like like i think it even i don't remember if he wrote that justice league story where the legion started showing up and nobody knew what they were doing but it pays off the plot line in that book too like it takes all of these elements from all over the DC universe for a set a number of years and brings them together and gives resolution to all of them while also reaching way far back to that Alan Moore story and making it continue to be relevant through Sodom. Who has a new oath, by the way. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, yeah, go ahead with that. In brightest day, through blackest night, no other cores or no other core shall spread its light. Let those who try to stop what's right burn like my power, Green Lantern's light. And it makes me wonder what the hell happened to this guy because there's there's some aggression in that oath. I think there's some uh, there's some Sinestro core in that oath a little bit. Yeah, and uh, you know, honestly, I'm one of those people who I can see how in a way we got it, but I'm one of those people who actually thought we didn't really ever get a true payoff to the whole idea that we were going to have a war of light. Yeah. So I think, I think the, I think the oath, like for me, it was like, Oh, it, it was almost like a trigger to be like, 
oh, it's still possible. We we just haven't heard that story yet. Yeah, I mean, I guess we're supposed to take it that, oh, the War of Light was everything that happened once the other cores popped up and they were in conflict with each other. But I think everybody was waiting for, like, that in itself to be a big event. Yeah, Which, like, I like could be, I, I, you said you were, the word war. Like, I'm expecting <laughs> battles. I'm expecting people to choose sides. I'm expecting... I'm expecting at some point the typical thing you get, the double page spread where the team of team A and team B are flying towards the centerfold. <laughs> like that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. Because you think about it and even in a, leaving the Sinestro core war out as its own separate thing, the reality is towards the buildup for blackest night. The closest thing we really had to that was Larflees obsession with trying to get Odom. Yeah, that was that. And, and that, that, that I'm not, and I don't mean this in, in the truth. You're, way it's like a derogatory term but it did drag on for lip because you had like one page or of that invasion like for like three issues or whatever before you find or for several, or a couple of months before you got resolution to the fact of uh, that when larfleas wasn't really actually there and and i think but the green showed up and then the blues were able to kick larfleas out or whatever but and then yeah. there was like a there was like an issue and a half where uh where there was reds blues greens and yellows all fighting on your smalt for yeah. like five minutes. Right, because when 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 uh, what Atrocitus was getting overrun by Black Lanterns or whatever, and they showed up, and you certainly didn't have any kind of organized transgression or like so, or the sides you would think were like let's say the well all the negative side quote unquote of the spectrum would be working together against the you know the pot or even odd odd alliances working. You didn't have cores themselves working together. So as in yeah, teaming up and going against it was just everybody at the end of the day relatively quickly, yeah. grudgingly. I'm oh, sorry. I like That's the a- idea that Chad proposed earlier that like just because we saw a prophecy mostly play out doesn't mean it's over. Because mm-hmm. like the prophecy of the Blackest Night was that it was going to end with the Green Lantern Corps' death, and that didn't happen. So you know, and does that mean the dust? Yeah, and Mogo dead and all this yeah. stuff. If 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 that stuff starts to line up but then ultimately fails to happen, does that mean the prophecy is invalid or did the goalposts just move? Like are, like so those things are still in play maybe either as a group or individually and maybe maybe they don't even have to happen on top of each other like what we saw during the Sinestro Corps war. Like like we saw like the blink bombs from the the kids trying to blow up mogo we saw ranks fighting mogo like all of this this tiger's prophecy stuff starting to happen at once that's even when we first met uh present day sodom yet for the first time mm-hmm. but maybe maybe that isn't the actual time when it was going to be yeah that's or, that... or it's just an alternate future like futures end and things like that where True. It, it, it in some timeline somewhere this is exactly how it played out but and other timelines and you know something yeah, else ma- comes 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 into play that change that choose your own adventure and change <laughs> takes you down a different road and you get a different result i think i think you know I'll, i think we need to pull back to the future stuff but like uh i think that's part of the reason why i don't like the third i didn't like the third army more than other people like there were people who just didn't like that story of course but i think i liked it more than i I think i did not like it more than some other people because i think i was expecting the war of light but anyways back to future sodom yet um 
Honestly, he just and honestly, we can't talk about future Sodom without also talking about Rond. So Ron Vidar uh, mm-hmm. is the son of Universal, which is one of the Legion's classic villains. And I think if I remember right, his history is such that like he's a, a brilliant mechanic guy and he was not originally introduced to us as Green Lantern. Um, but at some point he got he got the ring. But I think in that continuity, Green Lanterns were banned from Earth and it was, like there were no other Green Lanterns. Uh, but it was like a an old rule or law or something like that. Um, well, let me let me tell you because this is the thing that I was that I was finding out today. Okay, so Universal, here we go. So Universo's or and I don't think this was his first appearance. I think that later on because it, it was told kind of in flashback partially. So I think we had met Universo previously. Yeah. Uh, so he is Ron's fa- father. He served in the Green Lantern Corps and was just shown in that issue being referred to as Vidar. So like, just like the way they call guy Gardner, just without the guy. Yeah. Uh, so the guardians. So, so in the Legion, they have the time Institute, which is like, like this, uh, this research lab that is dedicated to studying time travel. You know, that's where they get the time bubbles that the Legion uses to travel through time and stuff. They also, they built a big view screen and someone decided to try looking at the beginning of the universe. That sound familiar? <laughs> <laughs> so the Guardians interrupted and uh, and decided that... Like, we'll be right back with your future, future film interrupted, or what? <laughs> no, I mean, they stole the building. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the Guardians are like, a big Guardian head shows up and says, hey, stop it. And then they send a, a handful of Green Lanterns to remove the Time Institute from Earth because before it could cause more harm. But, and Vidar was one of those Green Lanterns. Uh, but he couldn't resist the temptation and tried to view the origin of the universe himself because he saw it as, you know, the Guardians are keeping a secret, a secret that must have something to do with their power and longevity. I need to know. I can't let them hoard this knowledge. And so he sneaks into the the stolen time institute and tries to view the creation of the universe for himself which leads to a fight with the legion who took him prisoner and turned him into the guardians and this actually is the event that led earth's government to permanently ban green lanterns because like hey you're you're you just took our time institute away what the hell guys and so Vidar was taken to Oa, he was stripped of his ring, and would then later to go on beco- to become Universo, who, I didn't know this before today, he's a super hypnotist, question mark? Okay, why not? <laughs> and he actually, he a lot of his story arcs were about him trying to amass power necessary to attack Oa and take back what he'd lost, and... You know, he's always shown being like obsessed with like, I need I want to get a Green Lantern ring again or I want to get the leverage to peer into the dawn of time to see what was denied me. Is that all throughout multiple issues or is that just like one or two issues of a Legion issue somewhere? The the origin story of him is one issue. I think it was like I I didn't write down the number, but I can find it. I can actually for it right now. But yeah, and his son, Rond, Rond Vidar. So uh, I, I, the other thing is Universo, his 
like when he first started out as a Green Lantern, his wife was murdered by his enemies. So he actually moved his son to live on Earth with relatives so he would be okay. And Rond actually started working at the Time Institute and became friends with the Legion who constantly need time travel and was instrumental in stopping his father despite him not having any powers. Hmm. Yeah. So yeah, the, Rond Rond comes to the Legion as a mechanic. He has uh, I I can't remember his his uh, his like the length of time he spent with the Legion before it was revealed that he had a Green Lantern ring, which then after that little story was was uh, done, they kicked him off of Earth. But here he dies uh, defending Misa and uh, a few of the other Legionnaires. Uh, who are there to to rescue Misa, the White Witch? Uh, but this is uh, do I have that right? It's White Witch, right? Uh, White Witch, yes. Yeah, yeah. But this is when Superboy's Legion of Supervillains or whatever show up for the first time, you know, in mass after him recruiting them all, and he gives them the out to escape. Uh, uh, and he actually, you know, let's. I mean, let's talk a bit about because I think you know we we need to uh, at some point talk a little bit about what the power looks like in the future as well because with this he's his ring is kind of feeding him data on 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 the different individuals he's going up with and it says like things like reconfiguring so it's like is it suggesting battle plans to him or something or i think it's trying to because it's him fighting alone versus the entire legion of supervillains which is basically superboy prime and every single legion villain ever so i think it's trying to like like we see it accounting for specific we- uh, weaknesses so i think it's just trying to figure out like okay priority should be this guy and then that guy and then that lady and then maybe this one just in terms of like how easily they can be handled quickly and I think it's just like information overload because there's so many, so many like high priority threats coming at it at one time. Okay. And it also w- warns him. And he, that's when he says like, I, I believe, I think the ring is scared. Hmm. We've, but I, I don't know. I don't know how I felt about that because we've seen, we've seen the ring warn people before. Yeah. It kind of gave me vibes from um, uh, rebirth when Kyle heard his ring talk for the very first time. And he's like, whoa, wait, you can talk? What? What's happening? Well, when you think about it, the ring, it's, I mean, the ring is telling him, like, how many friggin', you know, Green Lanterns that Superboy Prime is responsible for killing. <laughs> he's kind of, like, giving him the Superboy, the Superboy Prime primer. So the reality is, even if Ron Vidar himself is not going to be, he's not going to be affected by this and take it to heart, that, you know, the ring, it could be afraid, but it's, it's, it, even from a pure da- objective data analysis perspective, the odds of Ron Vidar being successful. I mean, the, the ring would know that the odds are for not, in, we're definitely not going to be in his favor of going against Superboy prime, that the result was pretty predictable. So I think that probably factored into it. The ring, the ring was probably looking out as best as it could, as it could for its bearer by saying, eh, I yeah. want to avoid this one or <laughs> get out of Dodge. <laughs> For sure. That that leads us what is it into Giffen's Legion then? Uh, uh Legion of Three Worlds is actually Paul Levitz who wrote that series. Legion of Three. Oh, the 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 Legion series that that followed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which only was 12, 15 issues? Oh my god, no. 
No, no, no. I read, listen, listen, I read that entire series for this. It is like three trades. It's like it oh, went man. on for, well, it might have gone on, it might have gotten canceled at some point, And I think it turned into like adventure comics backups, but it went on. It, there's hundreds and hundreds of pages of this series. No, because I, yeah, no, it's, it was only a 16 issue. Well, 17, if you include the annual solo series so if it went to backups that's one thing okay but yeah in terms of its own own individually published issues 16 or 17 including an annual um before we leave legion of three worlds though there is something important there's an important thing about how this ends that we have to to address because you know the entire this entire story arc has shown Sodom yet being like, you know, we've said, you know, he's very down on his luck. He he believes that that, you know, he's a failure and the Green Lantern Corps is dead and gone. And he it's that's just the way it is. But thank thanks to encouragement from the likes of Monel, he and and being able to help overcome Superboy Prime finally. Sodom feels that, hey, maybe there is a future for the Green Lantern Corps again. And he empowers a bunch of rings that are lying around on Oa. He sends them out to the universe and they're scanning space sectors, space sector, you know, 1452, all these different numbers. Then it says space, scanning space sector 2814, sentient found. And this, this incredibly like fertile, hopeful seed for the future is immediately retconned away mm-hmm. <laughs> because as soon as this new series starts, we are back to sad Sodom yet. Last of the Green Lanterns on Oa thinks all hope is lost. Is he's like most Saint unfortunate Walker. of men of Daxon. <laughs> yep, he is exactly like Saint Walker from those issues that Mark hates. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's and that's actually why you you, you stole my segue because that's why I brought it up. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, you're fine. You're fine. Uh, because you you go from Legion of Three Worlds. Yeah, it it ends on this note of hope, and he's igniting the rings to send them out. Then you come to this, the first issue of this series, and yeah, he's sad sack like like he was right before he agreed to help them, <laughs> and the rings are still sitting on a pile at his feet. Uh, and he's crying <laughs> and that's when his tear touches the ground that's when diogene shows up which looks like a if the guardians evolve like if if their life cycle was like that of a caterpillar into a butterfly this looks like the larva stage of a guardian <laughs> that is so much nicer than what i was going to say i was gonna say okay imagine a fetus if it's blue like a guardian and kind of has the face of an Independence Day alien. <laughs> I guess that's still better than Mogo Sperma or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. Doesn't Monel get the ring? If, uh, eventually, we're almost there. there yeah, because yeah, I, mean, I did it. Because those were like, yeah, those were like an adventure. Because I actually do have a few of those issues. Because again, <laughs> yeah. that's the only thing I cared about was the idea who is going to be who is going to become the new Green Lantern in the future. And then they made it Monel, and I was like, well, not for long. I was yeah. like, okay, that's a little disappointing, but <laughs> so I we should say we should say Diogene. Diogene is an artificial life form generated by the planet Oa as a failsafe set by the Guardians, so that if anyone ever repl- replicates Krona's experiments after the Guardians are gone, 
Diogene would rise up out of the planet and act as a replacement for Mogo, recruiting lanterns to restore order. Oh, and by the way, remember that thing I said about that Silver Age story with Universo? How the Science Institute built a big view screen to look at the big hand with the galaxy? They did it again! They did it, like, two weeks after Legion of Three Worlds ended! That's true. That's why, that's why Diogene woke up. Yeah. Uh, but I think, I think I can encapsulate this in less than six minutes. So the, we, before we get to Mon-El having the ring, we have Sodom and Diogene. Diogene ignites and heads over to Earth to select somebody to be a Green Lantern. The person it ends up selecting is Earthman, which is a, a Nazi. Yes. Uh, a power, a powerful guy who can replicate powers of others in the future. Uh, he's part of the humanist movement who wants all aliens to be off the planet, never associate with a planet earth ever. And it's only humans, uh, it, human power, human uh, technology. Uh, leave us alone. Never interact uh, with, with us ever again. But he is recruited into the Legion kind of like to keep an eye on him but also to appease the 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 powers that be and stuff some shit brainy five came up with um well it was actually the government forced this on the legion because even though he was defeated and put in jail his anti-alien racist rhetoric like all of his supporters still believed in the cause and that included politicians so in order for the legion a predominantly alien organization to continue to be able to have their headquarters on Earth, they had to compromise by making Earthman a member. Right. And then uh, uh, the uh, Diogene shows up, he gets a ring, and then he's forced to um, go on mission in Sector 2814 protecting aliens. <laughs> yeah, Which he is... quits after his very first mission. He does. Which eventually <laughs> gets us to the point where we get Monel with the ring. Yes. And I don't, I don't know if I look. The suit is cool. I enjoyed seeing those little stories, but I don't remember anything significant happening out of that. Nothing significant happened. Like at the time, because the at this point the Legion book was bogged down with so many different plot lines running at the same time that Monel and Diogene were just kind of off flying through space, hunting for whatever evil it was that was unleashed by the Time Institute, Institute looking at the dawn of creation. And at the time, Monel had also been elected Legion leader, because why not? So the one interesting thing he did as a lantern was he was off in space. He was physically off in space with Diogene looking for whatever the bad guy is while running but he left a construct projection of himself on Earth to run the Legion. And I think he was like piloting it, like kind of half paying attention. But like that was kind of the extent. Like it didn't actually like for the story that they were telling, it didn't actually matter that they got Monel to have a ring because he didn't really do anything yeah. with it ultimately. Like neither you could argue that. Yeah, I mean, you could argue that, like, what they did was, like, to, they kind of paid off, you know, in Air Bunnies, paid off Earthman's redemption arc by using the green energy to to link him with the willpower of the whole Legion or some bullshit to, to stop the bad guy. I, I don't know. I, it was very, it was kind of lackluster. It felt like they were building up to something that never paid off. And they expect me to believe that 
this piece of crap human being had a redemption arc when no, he didn't. And I'm glad he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. I mean, I kind of I wish that he because the this version of the ring is very bossy. And I think it's because Diogene doesn't know what the hell it's doing, because yeah. the ring sensed something that needed a Green Lantern's attention off on another planet. So it forced Earthman to go there and did not let him leave until he fixed it. So, like, if we had that kind of like that almost forced rehab with him over a longer period of time where he is being like, he is literally being forced to help aliens with their problems. Maybe it could have been more convincing, but instead he kind of, he ditches it at the first possible chance. And I I don't know. I guess that was supposed to be good enough. (laughs) I hate that character. But that gives us all in one section, Ron Vidar, his father's history with the core. We also got Earthman, Sodom Yad of the Future, and Monel. Those are the five future lanterns knocked off. What is next? Actually, I, before we move off of them, I want to throw in a lantern we almost got in that same time span of issues. Uh, her name is Harmonia Lee. She is a professor of temporal mechanics who's also an immortal who hates the Guardians. Uh, Diogene offers her the ring before finding Monel, but she immediately swats it away, wanting nothing to do with the Guardians or their legacy, calling them the most foolish of all immortals. And I mean, I've I've been alive for less than 40 years and I hate the Guardians, so I can't imagine how she feels. <laughs> it, it, it's not a short list of people. <laughs> they may be short, but the, but the, but the people who hate them is a long list. Yes, but I just want to throw that in there. I found one last thing from Legion of Three Worlds that we forgot. (laughs) All right, man, go for it. So it is a blink and you miss it single panel thing at the end of Legion of Three Worlds. We are on Sorcerer's World. We're following the White Witch. And on the wall, you see, like, in a very Han Solo in Carbonite sort of way, you see Alan Scott and what I believe is Raker Quaragat just in the wall of the throne room on Sorcerer's World. And this came, we never got a payoff for this, but it came around the same time. And I looked for this issue, but I have no idea what issue it's in. There was a month where we got a bunch of double page splashes of, you know, coming soon in Green Lantern. And it was just images of potential stories. And one of them had, Alan and Raker and Mordrew standing together. And we never, like, like whatever that story was going to be, never ended up happening. But we saw that teaser, and then we saw this panel at the end of Legion of Three Worlds. So, you know, if nothing else, there is an open door to get a classic Alan, Alan Scott into the 31st century, if anybody ever wants to. A boy Raker. And Raker. He I love that there. man. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, and Mark has an unsel- like, unhealthy obsession with this particular lantern. I don't want yeah. to say it's an unlock. Do I talk about it like your, like your love for Dexter Soy? No. <laughs> Every single episode and five seconds in? No. So, so glass houses, Volkerman. Glass houses. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, respect, if I were to I list Mark's Mark's favorite lanterns, it you know probably go you know Saint Walker, 
Rake or Karaga? I, I don't know if that would be the hierarchy. I, I but that eighty-page giant with Raker was very, very good. <laughs> He's got a very cool story and and a really important part in the Green Lantern mythos. So yeah, I like it. But oh wait, I'm sorry. I think I was confusing Raker and uh and uh Torquemada, you know, the, <laughs> the wizard it. one. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> you're confused i'm like i didn't realize mark liked that green lantern wizard that much <laughs> i knew that didn't quite sound right i remember seeing raker in that but it's like oh it's like okay oh, christ uh, i'm torquemada's okay it makes more sense it would be torque yeah well i've ruined mark's <laughs> life so let's go on <laughs> all right some of the quickie quickie ones we can do real quick um let's see here which one do we want to start with? Do you want to just uh, all three of the ones from the Black Adam backup? Sure. So during um during uh God, what was that called? Was that Futures? Future was that State. Future State. Okay. Yeah, Future Futures State. End. Future State. So in the Black Adam backup, we visited or revisited the, the DC one million future, the eight hundred fifty third century, and we saw a bunch of quick hits. You know, we saw the the new version of the quintessence, you know, the, the which is typically, you know, Ganthet and like Zeus and High Father and a few other people. This version had Sinestro, and he's he's uh, labeled as like the la- the final user of light or something like that. So see, I I you know what I could kind of believe it, but at the same time, I want to see how he gets there. We may never see how he gets there, but it's an intriguing concept to see him on that level with some of those other characters. We also get DC 1 million Superman, the gold Superman that came out of the sun, uh, still wearing Kyle's ring. We we also tragically see Kyle's ring crumble to dust when Superman is attacked. Uh, we also see that Mogo is still alive in the 853rd century acting as a home base for one of the, the justice Legion teams until he's destroyed by the same force that destroyed Kyle's ring. Uh, DC 1 million turns out not a great time for lantern stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Oh crap. Was there some stuff in that we needed to talk about the actual series proper? Well, the only, the old, literally the only green lantern stuff going on in DC 1 million was Kyle Okay, so no new Trying, characters. Yeah, Kyle coming yeah. to terms with the fact that, oh, there is no Green Lantern legacy after me. I do a terrible job. What? Only to find out, like, oh, the ring did survive, and here we handed it off to Superman. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So those are the ones from the, the Black Adam backups. Uh, we also have, of all things, a very divisive series, <laughs> The Last Days of Animal Man. <laughs> well, do people uh, not like that? There was, yeah, there was... There was some dissension among the ranks <laughs> at the time, <laughs> as I remember it. Uh, but we we get it in the form of a blue whale. Yeah. And I could never figure out if it was actually supposed to be a blue whale from our planet or just an alien blue whale that just so happened to look exactly like a regular blue whale. So I think it's supposed to be from Earth because it mentions being a member of the Justice League. <laughs> <laughs> Does that mean that they had to make a really, really big satellite, or did they go back to having like, like the harbor town cave? Yeah, Amnesty Bay. 
They may have a port. They have a porthole for Amnesty Bay, so they could go down and talk to the whale Greenland. It's the worst secret hideout ever because everyone always sees the life-size whale coming and going through the sky. <laughs> Mark, do you remember seeing this? Because this, this 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 came out, you know relatively recently in terms of some of the other stuff we're talking about sad reality is that description sounds oddly familiar but i can't (laughs) but i really don't maybe i saw the picture and i just maybe that's all it was i saw the panel or something but as as i was listening to the to the description it's like man that does sound oddly familiar stupid but oddly familiar (laughs) we've seen worse though we probably have seen worse (laughs) Yeah, and odd, strangely enough, we know about as much about this whale as we do about Cairo. <laughs> for, for some for some reason, they didn't want to explore the life of this whale. He doesn't even have a name. He's just referred to as the Green Lantern circa 2029 because that's the year that story takes place. I just, I just, I just want to know the sequence of events. Let's say like, you know, because you said 2029. So it's got to it's got to be like, you know, one of the lanterns we know it's Hal or Guy or somebody dies in this horrific death. And it's like, oh, man, who's this le- who's this legendary ring? You know, just who's going <laughs> to recruit next? And then it dives into the ocean and selects. <laughs> I, look, if Guy Gardner's origin retcon tells us anything, it's that the ring will pick the best person who's closest. <laughs> <laughs> All I know is, look, I just it, fucking love the idea of this epic sequence where where, you know, it, like, let's say it's Guy. He's in tremendous pain. He's doing something so selfless that's just like going to be this iconic moment on panel for the rest of uh, of the history of Green Lantern as as when we talk about that moment that Guy died. Guy Gardner's last stand. Yeah, and then it really redeemed the character, made so many people love him. And then a couple of pages later, we just, oh, we're, look at the epilogue. It's showing us where the ring is selected. <laughs> just dives into the water and chooses a whale. <laughs> I'm sorry. Listen, uh, all I know is it is, as we record this, it is currently 2022. If DC <laughs> Comics still exists in seven years, I want to see this whale show up. <laughs> oh fuck! <laughs> oh man. So let's let's talk briefly about the Earth Lantern Corps of the 26th century. I don't know this anything be... about this, and I read the issue. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, there's not a whole lot. It's a it's an interest. It's a really interesting setup that felt like it was thrown out there for someone else to maybe pick up someday. So like Simon and Jessica. During a Justice League story, the League is thrown in, like, throughout time. They're scattered. Simon and Jessica land in 26th century Washington, D.C., and they're immediately picked up by a bunch of Green Lanterns calling themselves officers in the Earth Lantern Corps. And their uniforms have, like, the typical Green Lantern symbol, except the the white circle in the middle is used as a planet. So it's like the Green Lantern symbol with also like with like the continents and stuff in it. It's, a, it's pretty cool looking. The backstory for this future is that Earth had to be quarantined due to something called the power plagues, which, you know, they we've totally eliminated all space travel to keep from spreading it to other worlds. The Green Lantern, one Green Lantern chose to stay on the quarantined Earth to help out and try to figure out, you know, what to do. But Earth is quarantined so effectively that the central battery can't reach it anymore. So over the course of a lifetime, the lantern who stayed teaches 
humanity basically teaches mankind how to build a battery for itself. And, you know, it took a lifetime, but they were empowered to make the uh, uh, humankind was empowered to try and fix the earth. So the quarantine can finally be lifted. And we get, it's actually this like really cool, like futurist, futuristic redesign of a central battery on earth, all human made. And we never get like a number, but like there are hundreds, if not thousands of lanterns in this, in this core. And, you know, sadly we don't get any named characters out of it. And they're like, you know, we're splitting the time, the page time between this pos- this future and a bunch of other time periods with the leaguer, other leaguers. But yeah, it is basically, it, it is basically the DC earth got super COVID and lockdown is still in effect in the 26th century. <laughs> Yeah, I I must have missed an issue because I didn't get that all that context. I think I just read the the second part of that where the battery is being attacked and all of- Oh yeah, as soon as the fighting starts, all of the the world building stops. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh and speaking of being lost to time, uh Kyle gets lost to time at some point. That's and- you, Mark. <laughs> no, it's not. I, 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 I don't I don't do no segues tonight, Bokeman. Terry Rand is in that top five I listed earlier. So, Mark, when I stomp on your foot and what? say Kyle got lost to time, you <laughs> future shock. It was future shock. I remember I was there. <laughs> we had a whole episode on it. I know. I mean, I, it actually was a it actually was a pretty good storyline about when Kyle gets yeah he gets he gets sent to a future and uh he has to deal with the legion but that part wasn't that so good but (laughs) (laughs) but we end up with the knockoff green lantern core a bunch of criminals that are pretending to be green lanterns and somehow when when Kyle Kyle's out of commission and uh Ganthet shows up he's still in this pantsuit at that point was he not (laughs) Yeah, I think he's still in his pantsuit. Yeah, he was. He, he had a sharp-looking blazer. <laughs> yeah, he, he he was he was a snappy dresser back then. It was a red blazer because if you're blue skin, that's what you got. That's yeah, you gotta you, you have to have a little bit of a mixing and matching there. You don't have too much blue at one time. It just that's and the white sometimes didn't really work. Even though I think the white and the blue was a good was a good look too. But back then he was rocking red stuff. Those red robes and the red jacket. Yes. <laughs> So with Kyle out of commission and him desperate to needing a Green Lantern, they and because Kyle's ring was genetically tied to his template, only Hal being the only other person who could use it. But guess so. What does Gantha do? He finds one of Kyle's uh, descendants in the future, Carrie Wren, and she becomes a very, very, very temporary Green Lantern who helps defeat the new the new Green Lantern criminal gang. But yet Carrie Wren is another Lantern. There's still. I have I have fond memories of kind of it's, it's weird that never revisited her at all. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I, I always forget about the the villain lanterns. I mean, like I remember them, but like a couple of pages later, you get like a list of who they are. And it's there's like eight of them. I always yeah. seem to remember there being like four. And I always well, forget how big it is, that little gang. Well, the thing I love about that gang of, lan- of fake lanterns is that. There's there's details about them that only exist in the artwork because it's never called attention to in the story. And I don't know how much of that is a Daryl Banks decision and how much of that was Ron Mars. Because 
they're like because their their rings are completely like artificial like they made technology to replicate green lantern rings as best they could and they're powering it by putting a space station in the spot that oa used to be to siphon off residual energy but it can only do one construct right right yeah they got every every one of them can only make one category of thing like there's one guy who can only make vehicles there's one that can only make knives one that can only make fish for some reason like they all have like that that one thing but if they're always together and always using like their powers like like in unison or whatever you might never notice that they have that limitation and the story never even never even references it at all it's just like oh you notice it or you don't yeah it was a, sure. a, the con just the concept of the story was was pretty was pretty cool and it is the yeah the the knockoff green lanterns i do remember yes them siphoning siphoning off energy and the fact that yeah the constructs were extremely were extremely limited but again in the future where the Green Lantern Court it doesn't exist, and it's been so long since they did. Hey, people don't people don't know how what a knockoff version this is, and and it's like, hey, not everybody thinks you know the memories of the Green Lantern Corps are not exactly all positive for a lot of people who do remember. So it's like, hey, we could believe these guys, these a holes are really Green Lanterns. Yeah, and I think it's cool that they they wrote a story that kind of capitalizes on the fact that. You know, it's it's the old Legion excuse of like, how do we how are we going to have an ongoing series set in the future of the world our main universe happens in and just not reveal what happened to everybody? Well, there was there's something happened. It was a long time and records got lost or, or whatever. So people know kind of sort of about Green Lanterns. They don't have any record record of Kyle. They have no idea. Like when the Legion tried to send Kyle home, the the best they could do was to send him to like Hal's like second week on the job because that's uh, that's all they had about the Green Lantern history. Well, they and yes, and Kyle does have an imprint on history, just not as a Green Lantern, as we find out. Yes, because of his statue. His his statue has survived, and he and as an artist, Kyle has has permanence but as a but his tenure as a as a green lantern or the only green lantern no, nobody yeah nobody knows anything about yeah i mean honestly that it was i really like that detail because you know the you you just know that at the end of the day regardless of his initial impression if kyle had seen that it just it would have given him so much more confidence and validation in his own soul i think because like It'd be one thing, like, I'm an intergalactic hero. I would be expected to be remembered. But, you know, you know that Kyle doesn't really associate a sense of destiny and remembrance with him as a person. It it is his status as as Green Lantern, as being a hero that he expects to be remembered throughout all time. But his little janky side gig where he feels confident and is happy and stuff. But he doesn't he doesn't expect to be painting the freaking Mona Lisa. But that's the thing that the aspect of his life that's member remembered more than what he thinks would be remembered. That probably makes it hurt even more not knowing that since like like you said, like he figure probably figures like, oh, being remembered for the hero thing. That's the easy part. And yet he keeps being shown all these futures where they're like green. Who? What? What are you? What are you? Who are you? Come on. Yeah. For sure. 
another quick one we can talk about is actually really, really recent uh, in terms of uh, the publications and the various issues we're talking about tonight. Uh, this happened in Flash 47 during the Flash War. And we get a group of characters uh, called the Renegades, which is a 25th century reverse Flash task force, including Commander Cold, Weather Warlock, Heatstroke, Mirror Monarch II, and a character known as Golden Guardian. Uh, this is a future golden glider, but instead of of the quick skates and everything else like that, the costume is pretty much the same. But this person has a Sinestro Corps ring. Not only that, she says the Sinestro Corps oath as we know it, which means that the Sinestro Corps survives in some form that far into the future. Yep, the twenty. That's the that's the twenty fifth century. Yes, this yeah. is this is the era that uh, that God was was Zoom's name Hunter is not Hunter Zolomon Thon Th- yeah Eobard Thon this is the future that he comes from yep yep uh, and I think that's actually one of the the this issue is one of the big reveals too this this is the Flash War is this issue forty seven we're we're a couple months removed from this issue just hitting stands right something like that it's one of the more recent ones we've we've covered. What else? Do we have any other quickies before we moved into Justice League uh, 2000? Well, you can do Blue Lantern Rowan oh, Kent. That's right. She showed up in a, in a future state uh, uh, House of L, Superman House of L. And we see like just a whole mess of Superman's descendants. Like, like, uh, like we get to see like, oh, this is his Rowan, uh, Rowan Kent, who is the sister to Ronan Kent. That era is Superman. Uh, this is Superman House of L number one. She is a blue lantern. She's decked out in the classic blue lantern costume. She wears a uh, construct armor chest piece with the Superman logo on it. She gives herself a nice blue construct cape and carries like a, a construct spear. We don't see her f- like really fight much with it, but she does like tend to pull it out a lot. So like, I think it says something about like her, like her combat training, or whatever, and what power she relies on. The only thing, like the character has shown up twice now, the only thing we get much from a lore perspective other than her basic appearance and family relations is that she is part of something called the Coalition of Lanterns, implying multiple lanterns of different types coming together to work towards something. We don't know what different cores exist or if we're even talking about cores, maybe there's like, she could be the only blue lantern. Maybe it's her and two yellow lanterns and six green lanterns or whatever. Like we have no idea what other lanterns, but her exists in this time period, but which they're out there. Do we, do we remember which Um, I'm pretty sure it was said. And if I remember right, I thought it was interesting because I, I think it's beyond the 31st century, which would be after Legion. We did find out. Oh God, I'm trying. I need to find where this is now. Uh, where did I cover? Like in, in, in the idea of putting together a timeline, the idea that you're not supposed to have any Green Lanterns in the 31st century for the most part uh, in the Legion of Superheroes, but then after there's a coalition of Light or Lanterns and Blue Lanterns exist again. That's that's interesting. I just can't remember for sure what was what because i know they said it i'm pretty sure they said at some point 
when this was supposed to happen. Because there was another time that we saw the, the Rowan Kent, because like you said, she appeared twice. We have House of L, Future State. What was the other? The, was the annual? Uh, yeah, it was a Superman annual. Yeah. Let me see here. Cause, no, no. Cause this they is, actually. No, I don't think they do. It's, I think it's before Legion. I'm sorry. Because the Brainiac that's in here is Brainiac 4. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's that's obviously, yeah, that's before. All right. Well, they, they did release a timeline. Oh, I had it. At that's one point. that's what it was. I don't. Yeah, they never said it. OK, gotcha. Yep. Yep. Oh, yep. OK, here it is. Here it is. Let me try and make this bigger. Da, 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 da. House of L Legion of Superheroes. Oh, 3000. So in the year 3000. Yeah. OK. All right. Yeah. So definitely Brainiac 4. Yeah, that's that, that works out. All right. Cool. Whatever. All right. <laughs> so speaking of the year 3000. Oh yeah, Joseph. There's a book with that in the name. Okay, so <laughs> hey, so Justice League 3000 happened. That is a book by Keith Giffen that I actually I just found out today is kind of like a uh, spiritual sequel to his. Uh, he did a a couple. Of, well, not even that. There's a couple of miniseries that came out called uh, formerly known as the Justice League, and I can't believe it's not the Justice League, which God came out while like a long time ago at this point, like a decade or more ago, where it was like a it was like in its own continuity, and it was it was just like a comedic re like reunion kind of thing that didn't take itself all that seriously with like the JLI characters, and they threw in a couple other characters like Mary Marvel who weren't there before, but we're introduced to like it. Uh, well, well, let me start here. It takes place in the year three thousand. It is just slightly before the legion comes around and and uh and like the universe has kind of gone to shit so project cadmus decides we the, the the world needs heroes so they decide to clone the justice league they decide to to get dna samples of superman batman wonder woman barry allen and hal jordan and clone them and we'll have a justice league in the future except something's not quite right because all of their personalities seem wrong and some of their powers don't work. Like Superman doesn't have heat vision and can't fly and also is a jerk. Like what's going on here? And at first we just chalk it up to the fact that, oh, the cloning process is experimental. It's, it's, it's just, they're just flawed clones. Right. And, and we should say, I should say like the Hal Jordan clone, he like, they don't have access to a power ring. So they gave him a, very specter-esque looking cloak and hood that is generating his his green energy it's not as good as a ring but it does the job but the specter Um, thing was a nice touch yeah yeah it was a it was a pretty good look (laughs) um until the cloak gets shredded because hal is fighting alone against uh, somebody with superior power and he expects to die in the vacuum of space except hey the power is actually radiating from his body and you know he comes to find out that cadmus lied to him the power was not in the cape the power was being generated by him but unfortunately the cape was there as a regulator because they couldn't make his body produce its own green lantern power without it killing him every time a little more every time he uses it so that was a pretty bad day for for clone Hal Jordan, uh, which got fairly worse a few hours later when they meet the, the scientists in charge of creating them who had left Cadmus and was on the run, who tells 
everybody that, hey, actually, you know what? You know that whole thing about you guys being clones? You're not clones. You were never clones. Uh, Cadmus realized that the cloning process was going to take a very, 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 very long time, and they didn't want to wait. So what they did, <laughs> and this is the part where I don't know how many people read this book long enough to get here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so what Cadmus did is they took some some volunteers, just, you know, like... Like, hey, hey, Chad Bokelman, you would you like to volunteer to become the new Green Lantern? You would say, like, that sounds amazing. And 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 you know what? To sweeten the deal, we're going to to take care of all of your debt and we're going to make sure that your family is set for life. Just sign on the dotted line and participate in this experiment. You'll be like, this is amazing. And I get to be Green Lantern. This is great. So you sign up, you they you sit down in this this chair, they strap you down, and then they inject you with uh the DNA of Hal Jordan, which completely overwrites your DNA and replaces it and replicates itself using you as as the raw materials until hey, we have a genetic copy of Hal Jordan now. Oh, and and don't worry about your mind because we're going to overwrite that with with the closest we can get to Hal Jordan's memories based on our incomplete history data files, which is why all of their personalities are wrong. So this is not Hal Jordan. This is not a clone of Hal Jordan. This is, this is some dude who was murdered so that they could create a facsimile of Hal Jordan that thinks it's Hal Jordan. And the worst part is, they run down the list of names of like here's who all here's the five people that we used they they don't tell you who is who like we like fans theorize it's somebody named john winston but in truth there was one female member of the league as wonder woman and one female name in that list but they never say and the same is true for guy gardner which you know justice league 3000 eventually ended and was just relaunched as Justice League 3001 with a time skip in which they introduced... Well, first, Hal gets murdered. He's okay with it, though, because he decided that he's going to to keep being Green Lantern for as long as his body holds out, uh, which is why probably why they they arranged for Guy Gardner to be, to be, to be uh, cloned in the process. And I should say that the only reason that they're okay with continuing this horrific process is because things in the future are just that bad. And the, like the literally the worst criminals in the universe have all of the best resources and power and they need to up their ranks if they have any shot of making a difference. So they bring forward Guy Gardner who we actually do know the name of this host is uh, is a woman named I think it's pronounced Shir- Shirlala Shir- oh, wait Shirlala Tome and the process was kind of messed up this time because like she like the host isn't completely gone and will occasionally peek through and not know what's happening which sounds horrifying <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's the Justice League 3000, 3001, everybody. Happy times. Way wee. 
there there's enjoyable Keith Giffen and there's there's crazy Keith Giffen and that was Keith Giffen that I just I couldn't stick with. So for for uh for your reference, this is exactly the same kind of book as Keith Giffen's Larfleys series. Yeah. Which, by the way, near the end of Justice League 3001, you know who else lives to 3001? Larfleys and Nort. <laughs> Great. Larfleys, I presume, because he was already like a billion years old when we first met him, and he still has his ring and battery and everything. Nort, I guess, because they're like they're cousins, I think, right? They're personality (laughs) related. They they tried, yeah, I think they did that at the end of the Larfleys series. So, like, like by by three thousand and one, Nort is very much an old old man dog. So like it's not like either of them are like are like jumping around and all like like lively or anything, but they're still there, man. They're still alive and kicking. They uh, Nort still wears his ring. It's not it doesn't do anything, but he he still has it. That's nice. Go ahead, Mark. I was gonna say Justice League three thousand was a weird ass series. Yeah, but it's par for the course, like you said. It, it was Giffen. Was Dimatteis on that too? I don't think so. I th- I think Howard Porter was doing the art for a while, which was like one of the big draws for me. I'm like, oh, cool. Like I because like I always associate Porter's art with the Justice League just thanks to the Morrison run. But uh, yeah, it was absolutely not what I expected in any way, shape or form. No, and I did stick with it for a long time. Well, he well, I'm looking at this. This must be a trade or something. Because De Mateus is listed. Because I did, oh, okay. I, I, I did, did, in my mind's eye, yeah, Volume One, Yesterday, Yesterday Lives or Yesterday Lives, I guess, what uh, De Mateus and Griffin. So I did, I knew. You're right, Porter is Porter is involved. There's no doubt about that. But De Mateus must have been in, must have been involved, even if uh, even if it was from a writing perspective, he was involved somewhere in that mess. Because uh, it says authors Griffin and De Mateus, but that could be how they listed for graphic novels too i'm not sure yeah. but either way yeah it was it was the mystery aspect of it was kind of cool figuring out where they really came from and the world they lived in was weird too but uh, it had some cool ideas like yeah they, they 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 show us like okay well in this version of the future and again this should this should be enough to point out that it's not the mainline continuity uh earth becomes the prison planet Tacron Galtos, which is like, it's like, cause like the, the, eventually the league is walking around there and they see the empire state building and they're like, wait, what, what? And I, I kind of like, I kind of like that, um, that decentralization of earth as the center of everything. It's like, Oh yeah, we just kind of, that's where we just put all the shit we don't want or the people we don't want to deal with. And the re- the real universe is over here. <laughs> It's a very Futurama, old New York kind of thing. Looks like Porter was the main penciler, and and then Mateus and Giffen were the, uh, were doing the writing at least in the beginning of that series. I just remember seeing his name on it, and De, and De Mateus right? He and Giffen, they both have some. Obviously, they they do some off the beaten path books, that's for sure. Yeah, but this won't uh, this won't be the last time tonight. We're gonna play around with the idea. That having Green Lantern power is something you inherit genetically. <laughs> okay. So speaking of genetic material being the basis for having Green Lantern powers, <laughs> Jessica's kids. 
So Jessica's kids show up. I'm just trying to find the issues. There is a story arc in Justice League uh, called Legacy. Uh, and she, there, her kids show up in uh, Justice League 27, 28, and 31. Dan's probably got a little bit more context and information on the story, maybe. But uh, Mark, you you took a look at those issues. What did you think of Jessica's kids uh, in in the kind of context that you read them in? I'm still trying to fathom how she had kids with Barry Allen, and I don't mean <laughs> biologically because I think we can <laughs> figure out that how that how that could happen, but. I don't remember. I just don't see. Yeah, I, I, that that's a pairing that I know the any port in the storm possibility, but I don't really see that pairing. They seemed okay. I mean, I like the fact that what you had one 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 of the three had the flash powers and the other two had the had lantern powers. And what was interesting was that they, they had lantern powers that were reflective of the entire of the entire spectrum, yeah. depending how they felt how they felt that they would reflect or give off that color. So, and then I did like the point point in the story when they were, when they were meeting the actual justice league in an hour time and everybody, and they were content and then you actually see them when they're, what they're, when they're sleeping and they're blue supposedly, which was the first time they ever gave off hope. It was okay. I mean, the setup again, I maybe the issues that I didn't read because I read the three issues revolving or that had Jessica's kids in it. So missing the, like missing like the issue, but at least the issue in between, right? Was it 28, 28 and 29 or is it 27, no, it's, 28? It's, it's, it's several other issues. I think it's, but either way, it's, yeah, whichever ones I missed in between that might've given me the different context, but it was, the story was intriguing enough where you knew something was off. I've, and obviously wonder woman's kid was just giving off the weird vibes from the very beginning. So you knew there was, there had to be, there had to be something going on as far as even whenever there's one character like that's like telling the other, don't tell anybody this. They don't need to know this, <laughs> that you're just waiting for the other shoe to drop. But it was it was. It was OK. It's like I, I like Jessica. I don't know if I need to have Jessica's kids being carrying. And it's still kind of shaky with the concept of any lantern as far as we know them without, you know, maybe someone like. Kyle would be different. You can make a case. Well, now, obviously now with John, but with Hal, uh, you know, somebody having a different connection with, with the power source, maybe, but it's difficult to believe a reg, you know, the average green land, somebody without any real explanation given would, Oh, they could have a kid. And all of a sudden that kid's going to have some inherent lantern powers like tied to their. I mean, and that's why it works with Alan, but it right. doesn't, yeah, it doesn't work with the, the idea of a ring choosing. you. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I mean, it, it does remind me of Jade a lot because, like, for the longest time, the only explanation for Jade's powers is that, oh, her dad wore a magic ring for a long time. And I wonder if it's an homage to that. They they really were trying to push the idea of Jessica and Barry for a while there, weren't they? Yeah, because I, I wasn't even was... reading Justice League regularly, and I remember it popping up in other places. Yeah, like, I remember some issue, because I didn't read it very much either, but there was some issue where they went on a date when, like, they were being, like, it was, like, their first date, and they were both being, like, uh, like mentally tampered with, and, like, their emotions were being heightened, so she was, like, super, like, I'm closing myself off in a bubble, and Barry's, like, like way too, like, quick-tempered, to and, like, I don't know. It's a it's a weird I mean it's an interesting spin on the Green Lantern Flash team up but it's uh I don't know I I feel like they picked them just because of the legacies they represent 
Yeah. Uh, we should say they're kids. They have three of them, two girls and a boy. The girl with the flash powers is named Nora. The boy is Jason and the girl is Jenny. Oh, Jenny. There you go. There's your Jade. There, unfortunately, Mark, is not much other context given. Like, if you've seen the the issue where they all meet each other on the watchtower, that's kind of it. You know, it's it's the problem that we keep running into a lot tonight where we've got these kind of interesting potential ideas showing up as characters, but they're doing it in a team setting where there's a dozen other characters we have to get to. So you only get snippets with everybody. Like, I don't know that any thought was ever given to why they inherited these powers from the spectrum or like what the, what the implications of that are. Like, I mean, it's also possible that they're from far enough in the future that something could have happened that would explain this, but you know, that's for, that's for another writer to figure out in like 30 years when somebody remembers this story. Um, one thing that one cool moment that I don't think you probably read was near the, the end of this story, the way that like the conflict is diffused because like the justice league is, and their kids are going up against the big bad and some heroes are being corrupted and others aren't. And the kids both like they they look at each other and they're like okay we have to we let's try it let's try it they fly up into the sky and both of them just radiate indigo light everywhere which is a move we've seen Kyle do before as a white lantern when i think when he went to he met the tamaranian goddess like yeah. he and he stopped like a war temporarily by filling everybody with compassion so they would stop fighting and like that's what let the league get the upper hand and contain the situation. So like there are cool applications of the power, just not really an explanation for how they have it. I really, I do love how like Mark pointed out how like throughout the story, their temperament is tied implicitly to the power. So like they have to feel a certain way in order to do certain things. Yeah. They also channel life and death for the first time. Oh in yeah, story. with Simon. With Simon That's of all. To resurrect people. Simon, and he could have he could have stayed gone. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I think this is the same story. This is like Simon is going to like one. Oh wait, here it is. Here it is. Go to the Sinestro Corps. Oh yeah, because he killed up, Sinestro. Yeah, you end up being the leading the the Yellow Lanterns after you killed Sinestro. Spoilers. <laughs> All right. And that brings us full circle over to the newest lantern to join the uh, ranks of future lanterns. And that is the gold lantern, which Dan's already done extensive research on because he's got two whole videos about it. So, yeah. So somebody else do it. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, gold lantern shows up in uh, Bendis's Legion series, uh, which honestly, I didn't read the full of. I got started on it, but. Bendis is clearly passionate as shit about this. So there's lots in these issues to take in. And it got a little too overwhelming for me. (laughs) To give you an idea, Legion has their own fake future language called Interlac. And Bendis fills these issues with Interlac. Like some people, like, like anything that's written is written in it. So things on TV screens, on paperwork, on like monitors some things in the credits like there's interlock everywhere and one day bendis just tweeted a translation key so it's like hey now you got some extra time 
go back and translate all of it. See what's going on. Yeah. But we don't see much of the Gold Lantern in Bendis' Legion run, except for group shots. Really, that's it. But he does appear in issue six and issues 10, uh, and briefly, I think, in issue nine, um, before we get to the the, the more recent book, the uh, Justice League versus Legion. Um, and in that, the Guardians are some sort of wispy fire dudes. Uh, they're still based over on... Oh, uh, it seems very justice heavy. They use they use the words justice a lot. It's like we can't really tell what this emotion is, what the gold lantern is powered by. But by context clues, maybe we could figure that out. It, it seems like the word justice is thrown around quite a bit. Um, but yeah, that's there's there's not even even today with including the the first issue of Justice League versus Legion. Um, there's still not a whole lot known about the gold lantern, right? Yeah. We know, we know that we know from one conversation with the leader of the United planets that, um, it's not the gold lantern core. There's something called the lantern order of the gold and how Kalalor is the, is referred to as the gold lantern of this dimension or something like that, mm-hmm. implying that like I am between that line and the fact that, you know, we on the first page of Justice League versus Legion number one, there's an exchange about like, hey, if if things work out with you, would you like to see a whole Gold Lantern core maybe be put together? So it's like he seems to be the either the only one at all or the only one on this plane of existence. Maybe there's one in every world of the multiverse or something like like it's very ambiguous right now. But we're supposed to supposedly this Justice League versus Legion story is going to be heavily about answering questions about the Gold Lantern. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, in some of these some of these things, I mean, a lot a lot of it was just you speculating that kind of led to it. You, some of the other uh, hints that you said for it being justice. I remember the the fact that his mask has no eyes. Yeah, the whole like justice is blind because like he is he has been confirmed to be blind, and like we don't yeah we 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 just haven't really seen it explored yet. Like that's why that's why I have such high hopes for this miniseries that we have right now because this is something that Bendis has been he's been teasing a lot throughout his run and throughout like the way he's talked about other things. So I'm like okay, I think I think he has like pl- he has plans for hit for lanterns and like that apparently are supposed to tie into something regarding the great darkness, which we know is what the next big DC event is supposed to revolve around. Yeah. And speaking of, there was a great darkness reference in one of the other issues we were reading, right? Oh God, probably <laughs> you read enough Legion. You're going to see somebody to say the words great darkness. No, they were fighting some sort of smoke darkness wisp thing and they had contained it in a bubble. Um, shit. I'm going to have to work regardless. Mark, you, you, I'll, I'll look for that stuff. Mark, you, you read the, uh, this is the last of the ones that you checked in on was, was the gold lantern stuff. What do you think, uh, so far about what we know, which is obviously very little. It's intriguing. Uh, it makes, does make you wonder what happened with the green lantern core. Again, it's always, whenever you have a future where there's no green lantern core, which of course, anything to do with the Legion, there usually is it. <laughs> That it's it makes you always wonder how you got from point A to point B. How are these 
beings related to our guardians? Is it an, is it just another evolution? Are they really Owens at all? I thought so that you have that mystery. You kind of have an you, you kind of still have the typical guardian element of being of douchery when the uh, the Legion is asking them questions and they just don't say a word over and over again. I mean, they kind of give an explanation for it since they don't know since they don't know if the Legion is going to basically help against the great darkness or what lead or lead to it. So the uh, there's an explanation for it, but you know, guardians have to guardian no matter what. So I thought that. Yeah. Uh, so the consistency is uh, for better or for worse. I I did did appreciate it. and I did like the fact that even the gold the gold lantern did have questions about whether you know this is am I am I am I, am I even doing this right and he doesn't and the guardians don't exactly give him a straight answer. They just say, well, we're kind of happy with what you're doing, but it, that's but that's about really wasn't the question. That wasn't what the question really was meant or the answer that the the question was asked to get. It was like, uh, is this, you know, am I doing the right thing? Basically, uh, not, not, are you happy with me? But is this what I'm, is what I'm doing right? Just generally speaking, because clearly there's probably some self doubt or some, re- or some, just something maybe that isn't completely resonating 100% with what the gold lantern is being tasked to do. So I, I, I did like that element of it. it it's, it's, intri- it's intriguing enough. So I'm, I'll be curious to see how it plays out. And Chad already mentioned this, but I want to stress again, as of right now, before, in the time span between Justice League versus Legion issue one and two, we have absolutely no concrete idea what the Gold Lantern is powered by. There's theories, but like, I feel like every time the Gold Lantern comes up, somebody shows up and says, like, I thought they were powered by joy or something. And then somebody else is like, yeah, I heard that too. So like, there's lots of like conjecture that's just kind of been accepted in some circles when it's not based on anything. So we have no idea. Like, I think they're powered by the concept of justice, but I could be completely wrong too. We don't have any idea. It could be an emotion. It could be another, you know, it throw it on the pile with the white lantern ring and the planet of the apes ring. And that, that, uh, that, uh, the 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 universal ring the universal ring from green lanterns yeah maybe it's just another one that's a big mix of a bunch of emotions or maybe hell maybe they did the the cool thing i wish someone would do and say hey it's the super future we have other emotions now here's a fake one it's called flizz's flop <laughs> and it's just it's color is gold <laughs> <sighs> And by the way, the the issue I was referring to, the darkness, was the Jessica's kids one because it pull they pull out the darkness out of everybody, and and Superman says, so that's it, that's the darkness, and Wonder Woman says it's vile, pure hatred, pure aggression, and the part of it is saying like, uh, what was it? Is it's uh, Wonder Woman's mother says I don't think it can be destroyed completely. It might be contained in someone strong enough to hold it. So yeah. there's other ties recently relatively recently to this darkness being a thing that's been leading up in the we talked about it during infinite frontier we're talking about it a little bit here uh it's been leading up into the legion stuff it's it's i think i think that's a tie to it in the justice league story where we met jessica's kids and i think i think that's it that that we have for future lanterns although we'd be remiss dan and i talked about it earlier today future kyle white lantern Space Jesus. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking at it 
right now the page there's one page from jeff john's final issue of green lantern which is issue 20 i think it was yeah mm-hmm. and it's the one that has to like a look ahead of like oh look how and kyle how and carol got married uh john became like a a politician back home or something and and kyle went to into space and he just kind of you know he became like a healer who would who would cure your blindlet blindness like just whatever you have go to him and he will fix you like a faith here and and he just did that for the rest of his days until he used up the last scrap of power we have you know the implication is he was doing this for years and years but i don't know all i know is he resurrected glomulus who was standing next to him as a white lantern so it's pretty nice that's awesome oh glad i have two quick little things to add before we get out of here the first is that if you want to read a piece of green lantern history i found it it's this legion of superheroes number 295 from january of 1983 that is the universo secret origin that is the moment in time you can read the exact page where green lanterns get banned from earth officially by the government wait what issue was it number let me scroll back up 295 of adventure of legion of superheroes okay is from 1983 which means i was born when the legion when the earth government kicked the green lantern corps (laughs) off so i did it i did it everybody uh i might have this issue holy shit i might actually have keep talking i might actually have this issue because I might have seen right, well, the cover in the back issue bins. Well, the the uh, the one honorable mention I want to throw in here at the end, uh, it doesn't really count, but it feels worth mentioning. Emerald Empress, one of the Legion's yes. like big like villains. She is part of the Fatal Five. Uh, her, she she wears all green. She kind of looks like Polaris from the X Men, and she has like a giant eyeball that floats alongside her and shoots lasers and stuff. So. She wields the Emerald Eye of Ekron. And for the longest time, it was just this big, weird eye. But the series, the year-long series 52, tells us that Ekron was a member of the Green Lantern Corps who was driven insane by the death of his entire sector. And the eye was an early precursor to the, gar- uh, to the uh, Green Lantern rings. Uh, this explanation contradicts a lot of things from both Legion history and Lantern history, like Ekron being the name of the planet where the eye was found. So it probably doesn't count. But writers still think it's cool to occasionally tease the idea of the eye having some connection to a Lantern technology. Um, and also before Zero Hour, there was a version of the Emerald Empress who found a second Emerald Eye. Maybe they did both come out of a big head after all. Who knows? But the the connection is shaky at best or maybe it counts in certain universes i don't know but it it comes up often enough that i wanted to mention it for sure all right well dan man we couldn't have done it without you appreciate it that's right you couldn't you know how much (laughs) legion i read for this better you than me (laughs) <laughs> just the shit. We, we 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 literally couldn't have done it without you. No one of us no would we have. At all. <laughs> Any anything to hear Mark's review of a story that has Legion members in it, which sounds a lot like somebody, which sounds a lot like Gordon Ramsay just kind of being disappointed at you, not even mad, just disappointed. 
like, oh, how is your food? Well, I'm alive. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't hate on anything we talked about today. <laughs> I know. Yeah. To be fair. But, I, but you, all, humor, all kidding is, yeah, the Legion is not my thing, nor will it ever be. But the reality is, or at least the you know the majority of the stories that that were related to this topic, the, their role was fine. And then again, whether it's the the Carrie Wren stuff or whether it's the uh, Legion of Legion of Three Worlds, it's it's well the the actual interconnections and the pol you know the politics of the Legion mean nothing to me. But it still doesn't mean that the big the things that are beyond the Legion that are in the stories are enough of a hook where it made or at least I enjoyed reading it, so it's not like it's, it's not like I was banging my head against the wall. The the, the best review ever. Yeah. <laughs> it, it didn't suck as much as I thought. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, big thing, though, specifically the Gold Lantern. How interested in you are in, in continuing to learn more about where that story is headed and what what more we learn about him. Since this is happening real time, I am in, I am interested again because I mean the ties to the Legion still concern me. Yeah. But the actual origin, the power, what happens to the Green Lantern Corps, how Green Lantern Corps esh are they? The what power you know fuels what part you know what part of the spectrum or the refining of the spectrum is responsible? Yeah, I I am interested. I am lukewarm about anything related to the great darkness being the next big thing in DC for a crisis event. I don't. Well, I mean, it's going to happen regardless. I know. I'm not saying yeah. it's not. I'm just saying that yeah. it's not anything. You can't that, stop it, Mark. Yeah, you can't it's stop not, it. <laughs> Where's power locks when you need him? I don't know. I think, but we'll see. Uh, it's not. It's not like Infinite Frontier or has been exactly hitting it, hitting it out of the park when it comes to all these uh, build up towards these towards the the crisis so let's see if yeah, the current would be justice incarnate justice league incarnate is currently continuing where uh infinite frontier left off is it good chad uh no it's, <laughs> it, 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 it's better than i thought it would be because i didn't have as much interest in that just team as a whole but yeah it's better than i thought it would be well that's because um, infinite frontier probably lessened your expectation too it's yeah. not problem <laughs> I've been interested in the Gold Lantern very heavily since the beginning. And it's it's funny, like, my expectations for where we're going with it are pretty high just because of how tied into the big bigger plan for the DC Universe this story seems to be. And also the fact that, you know, what if, the thing we've said the most often in this episode tonight is that, you know, this this new Lantern from the future is a really cool idea if only they would devote time to fleshing it out. And now here we've got the newest Lantern from the future who has had like bits and pieces throughout a year long Legion run who now seems to be at the center of whatever the story of this Justice League versus Legion of Superheroes miniseries is to the point that the arc is I mean, the the title on the cover of the book is Justice League versus Legion of Superheroes. The story inside is called the Gold Lantern Saga. So my my sky high hopes for this miniseries is that we are going to see Kalalor get the kind of focus and answers and development that we usually don't get from these these other bit players in larger stories. 
There is one thing I wanted to mention before we run out of time. Uh, the solicit for, because I, in preparation for all this, I uh, also, in addition to rereading, I also rewatched Dan's two videos about the Gold Lantern. Uh, I remember him talking. So should all of you. <laughs> uh, I remember him talking uh, about uh, issue 10 uh, and that the solicit for 11 had teased that it was going to reveal the origins of of the Gold Lantern, but that never really happened. But we didn't actually talk about what happened in issue 11. Uh, I have it's one page up right now and very clearly whatever was supposed to be revealed got kicked down the road a little more so that this could happen. Uh, speaking of setting up, you know, learning more, he, uh, the gold lantern comes back down to earth, Brainiac five and white, Witch meet him. Um, Brainiac five asks uh, if it's okay with the gold lantern, if white, Witch analyzes the power of the power ring, Brainiac five asks, have the elders of Oa, the creators of your ring and lantern told you where the new lantern power comes from. And, uh, Gold Lantern says where it comes from. White Witch says, was there some sort of tutorial or educational experience on how it works? And he says, no, just my willpower. It's all about focus and, oh, I could ask the ring. Maybe it comes with its own. Brainiac 5 says that's a very good idea. And then uh, Gold Lantern says ring. And then Brainiac 5 stops him and says, actually, that might not be a good idea. It will alert the elders to our concerns. And Gold Lantern says, tell me your concern. Well, when we were on Oa, I suspected A, and then an emergency transmission comes in. So even Gold Lantern, assuming you believe him, is in the dark on how his powers work. And there's actually a a follow-up to that scene that comes, I think, in the last issue of the series, which I never talked about on the channel because there's not enough information to make it make sense, where Gold Lantern meets up with Brainiac again and Brainiac's like, Hey, can we talk? Let me, let me just quick put like a, a dampener dampening field around your ring. So no, nobody can hear us through it. Uh, I don't, I don't mean to, to startle you, but that's not a green lantern ring. And that made no sense to me. I'm like, cause it's supposed it's, it's framed like a shocking moment, but I'm like, well, yeah, it's a gold lantern ring. What are you talking about? What? What's this supposed to mean? And I I actually I screen grabbed it and like and tweeted to Bendis about it saying like, hey, was this a typo or what, what's going on? And he just like replied back with some emoji or something. So I have no idea what that line is supposed to mean. But apparently Brainiac figured out something. Well, he says this is not that's not a Green Lantern ring. And those who gave it to you are not the elders of Oa. Oh, OK. I forgot that part. Yeah. So maybe he's saying. Because we just learned that the Gold Lantern thinks it works based on willpower. Maybe he's saying it in that context. It's Maybe. not a Green Lantern ring, as in it doesn't work like a Green Lantern ring. Well, also, if the if uh, who you said, because I didn't pick up on this before, you said it was Brainiac and was it White Witch that yes. were going White to Witch. check it? Yeah. Maybe it's maybe it's literally magic. Yeah, that's that's possible. All right. Well, Dan, thanks for coming on and helping do all this research and reading and stuff and uh, bringing some some fun to this thing. So I, I really appreciate it. If, if people want to, I, I mentioned some of your, your videos that even I watched in preparation for this thing. If people want to reach out to you, how do they do that? Email lanterncast at gmail.com and Mark <laughs> will read all of your letters to me himself. <laughs> um, Religiously. No, I have a, 
Yes, once a day, every day, even if we have to start them over. Uh, no, Mosaic Comics on YouTube. That is youtube.com slash C slash Mosaic Comics. Uh, I do a whole, whole lot of analytical video essays about Green Lantern from all over the 80-plus year history. Sometimes sometimes even the future. Who knows? We could get there. Um, I, I'll say right now, the videos I have in the works are a very long and exhausted top 10 list, which sounds weird to say, but um, my top 10 favorite Green Lantern runs of all time, which is a fun, fun thing to delve into. Uh, I'm also I'm also going over every time Green Lantern has literally crossed over into the Marvel Universe, which is more than you would think. And also, I think I talked about this last time I was on. I'm taking a look at how often certain characters have actually been used versus how often they've been kind of put on the shelf for a little while just to kind of recenter and get perspective on on you know are is DC is DC misusing these characters or ignoring them or whatever and and the tentative working title I think is is going to end up being your favorite character will be back. Mm. And it's one of those that I know right now most people who watch it will not agree with me, but I don't care because it ultimately gets to the heart of what I think makes Green Lantern as strong of a property as it is and helps me love it. So if any of that sounds interesting to you or if you just want to see, you know, of me ranting like a madman about how the White Lantern's powers have never been defined ever or how ion as a concept makes no sense at all. Or you want to hear about the, the, the golden age star Sapphire. That was a flash villain question mark. Go over to mosaic comics. And if you find a video you like, maybe watch another. If you like that one, maybe tell a friend about it, spread the word. Let's have some fun enjoying green lantern together. Tired man. And and, and I just want want to throw out there, I want to throw out there, if anybody here is listening and you're like, oh my God, I can't believe they got that detail wrong about this story that I love, or I can't believe they didn't mention this future Lantern that's always been my favorite, write in, tell us either through email or voicemail or or social media or something. that Telegram. Yeah, yeah. Find here. We'll give you Mark's mailing address. You go there and just spray paint it on his mailbox. Pony Don't even Express. Send a yeah, yeah. Because we want to hear from you guys. Because like we, there was so many things that we discovered for the first time. I just discovered one right now. <laughs> what is it? What is it? Hurry! <laughs> I can't. There's a. Uh, I am xenophobe. The Green Lantern who is assigned to this sector of the galaxy or will be in a thousand years hence. This is from Superman 295. Uh, Another Daxamite? uh, No, he looks like a Durlin. He's got the little tentacles on his forehead. Yeah, that's what we were missing. Oh, my God. There's got to be so many. There's so many. If if you know something we don't, please tell us about it. We'll keep the conversation going, oh, and it'll be a lot of fun. And hey, Mark, where can they they send those bits please. of information? Please. I, I don't even remember anymore, Dan. <laughs> oh, speaking of in your Green Lantern in the Marvel Universe thing, are you doing the uh, that thing in the Incredible Hulk, the Peter David issue? 
the Hal Jordan thing? Oh, I didn't know about that one. I'll tell you about nice, it. Nice. See? See? Tell, There's always I, something. I will t- I will tell you about it in a second. But let's 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 wrap this up for the for the love of God. Uh lanterncast at gmail.com, lanterncast.com, Twitter, Facebook, we're there. Doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't matter where we are. Uh, uh, 708 Lantern is the voice. Yeah, mail. 708 Lantern, text, voicemail, Pony Express, smoke signal. I don't care. Uh, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, Apple Podcasts, whatever the hell they call it this week. That's it. I'm done. Yeah. And you can get our NFTs. Uh, oh, God. Oh, God. We're, 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 we're done. We're done. Bail. Bail. We're done. God, I, I can't wait until you guys have to cover the justice league versus legion and mark has to read another comic with legion in it (laughs) good night everybody bye good night